Rivers Pierce from Boomtown. And today we have Nick Kremitis from the South Carolina Realtors. And uh, I'll let you, uh, Nick, introduce yourself and kind of give a little background on you as we get going here. And uh, we are here in, in Charleston, South Carolina at the Boomtown headquarters. And Nick just happened to be in town for some meetings today. And we said, get in the car and let's, uh, let's chat. So let's get moving. That's awesome. Good morning. Um, my name is Nick Kremitis. I'm the CEO of the South Carolina Realtors. And I'm proud to say I've been with the organization now for 23 years. Uh, started as uh, counsel to Governor Carol Campbell. Uh, seems like a, a lifetime ago. <laughs> I remember Carol Campbell as a child. And uh, learned a lot of great lessons from the governor. And went to work for the realtors as uh, chief counsel and lobbyist. I lobbied at the state house for 12 years. And I was hired as CEO in 2006. And how long yeah. has the association been in existence? The association was originally uh, chartered in 1943. Okay. Um, and uh, not the oldest organization. There are several uh, local associations in, in South Carolina that have already hit the century mark. Oh, wow. And um, uh, Columbia, I know, for one, and I think Charleston as well. But it's a, um, it's a real privilege. My work... Um, is uh, 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 really in, 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 in honor of, of my, my parents' sacrifices. Uh, my mom and dad were Greek immigrants who mm -hmm. came to the United States in the 50s and uh, left everything behind uh, in their home country to pursue the American dream. And um, my dad worked hard to uh, put a roof over our head and he was in the restaurant business like a lot of Greeks are. Right. And, uh, and I went to law school because I didn't want to work in the restaurant business because it's hard work. And uh, what I've learned since then, a couple things, is that uh, you're going to work hard if you're going to be good at what you do. No matter uh, what, right? No matter what. But the trick is finding something that you love. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm blessed in that I get to work for a profession that uh, promotes home ownership, uh, protects private property rights, and uh, enhancing investment in real estate and 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 it's the home ownership dream that that my parents literally gave up everything for and and I'm blessed to be in a career that helps advance and defend that every day yeah absolutely man that's awesome so we we've talked about this on this show quite a bit on the the kind of it was a nice segue at least from there that uh, on the concept of the American dream and home ownership's place in that that has traditionally been a big piece of that it seems and we've asked a lot of people along the way whether or not that that piece of the American dream has changed and whether or not homeownership has its place in that is in especially in the millennial mindset and so it sounds like you're still you're a big proponent of that of homeownership being a part of that I mean absolutely and 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 when you when you poll you know all sectors the the American dream of home ownership is alive and well but unfortunately for a lot of folks, a lot of millennials especially, it still is just a dream because mm. they're buried with, with uh, school debt, they're uh, in, in uncertain job markets in different parts of uh, our state. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but the, the outlook is continuing to improve and there's a lot of pent up demand for housing and um, as soon as we can get a little bit more normal inventory levels, um, you know, we're, we, we are booming right now, uh, yep. almost at pre-recession levels, um, and we're inventory just a little bit better. I, we'd be blowing those numbers uh, yeah. off the charts. But it's sustainable right now. It's sustainable growth, 
the economy is, is, is growing at a sustainable pace. We've got j good job development across the state. We do. Um, and it's really, South Carolina has one of the most positive outlooks of any state in the country. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, so does what you guys are doing on the daily level, you know, on the daily, um, and, and compared to, I guess, where does, where does the, the South Carolina Association, you know, fit in with the local chapters, with the national chapters? Like, how does that, like, where do you guys fit in there, and what are the various various roles and duties that maybe it overlaps, or how is it specific to the state level? We try real hard not to overlap with the services and benefits that are offered at the local level uh -huh. or at the national level. You know, our members work really hard uh, to pay their dues every year. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I have this dream that one day members are going to open up their dues billing statements and, and gladly pay their dues. <laughs> you know, I want realtors, I want realtors to love being right. a realtor. Right. right. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and, and unfortunately today, a lot of members open up that bill and they grumble and they pay and not really sure why they're paying it. Right. Um, and why do you think that is? I think it's uh, 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 the, the main burden, the main failure we have as an organization is our chain of communication. Okay. Um, and, you know, the old adage among association executives is that uh, realtors don't read, right? Uh, RDR. <laughs> and, and, you, and you see that at, at meetings and you hear it all the time. Okay. And, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I think it's time to uh, face the facts and stop blaming our members for not reading. Mm -hmm. And instead, we should be working on getting them more interesting things to read. Mm. Um, and find, find the things, find their passion, find their, their, their hot button issues that, that get their attention, mm -hmm. um, the things that they're interested in, and let's make sure we focus our communications on that. Okay, if I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with just about any member in the state, um, I could I could tell them the importance of of our lobbying efforts, of our legal advocacy, uh, why why it's critical to invest in RPAC, um, and uh, but we have twenty two thousand members. We're the fastest growing realtor association in the country. Really? And uh, what do you think uh, that is? Just oh, South Carolina's booming. I mean, we're here in Charleston. I mean, right. check it out. It, right. It's uh, our state is beautiful from the upstate to the coast. Yeah. Um, and we have low cost of living. Yeah. Uh, we have the lowest primary uh, owner occupied tax rates in the country. Yep. Um, uh, we're, we're starting to create higher paying jobs. Yep. Per capita income is increasing. And we've got companies like yours and others that are creating amazing workspaces for people that uh, just. The, they're, they're flocking to the quality of life that we have here. Right. And it's happening in Charleston. It's definitely happening in Greenville in the upstate with the Absolutely. automotive boom up there and, and the tech boom here. And, and I assume Columbia's got its, its booming as well. And It, it is uh, almost across the board doing very well. Even yeah. Florence, my hometown... <laughs> Right. We, we, we now have a rooftop bar in Florence. <laughs> you guys are on the map. How cool is that? <laughs> all, right. So, all right, so let me ask you this. For, for people that don't necessarily understand or follow closely, you know, on the, I would say the association stuff is really the, the kind of stuff that doesn't get a lot of uh, attention in, in the consumer space for sure. Um, what are the primary functions of what you guys are, are doing on a, on a you know, your, your charter, I guess? 
Well, our primary mission is to support our members and and we do that primarily through our legal and legislative advocacy and, and our lobbying efforts at the state and local level. You know, national uh, NAR focuses on Congress. Mm -hmm. We focus on everything else. And what are you lobbying for? Well, this year we've had a couple of key issues. The big one um, that we started the year with, if you and it impacted this area, our, our entire coastline, is when DHEC, um, in, in my opinion, tried to do a massive land grab by changing setback lines mm -hmm. um, and impacting people's property rights along the coast um, and did so through uh, basically administrative action um, and caught homeowners and property owners by surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to uh, Governor McMaster who jumped in and, and asked DHEC to roll this back, uh, Representatives uh, Lee Hewitt from Georgetown and Senator Chip Campson here in Charleston mm -hmm. introduced legislation um, to to fix the problem. And I'm glad to say, uh, because of uh, uh, in addition to our support, other we got a good coalition to support the effort. Uh, the bill has passed both bodies, and now is going to awesome. be go is going to the governor's desk for a signature awesome. here shortly. Yeah. And so, so you're not just advocating on on behalf of the realtors. I mean, this is a on homeowners. Yeah. You know, this uh, is real well, consumers. Ninety percent of our lobbying efforts uh, impact uh, property owners directly across the state. Um, once in a while, we'll deal with a regulatory licensing issue. You know, that's specific sure. to the real estate license <clears throat> or license law. Mm -hmm. um, but everything else, we we know that quality of life is what drives our communities. Yep. And I get in trouble with my home builder friends when I say this, but realtors. We're not developers, we're not builders, we don't sell homes, we sell communities. But a community is one that has great jobs, mm -hmm. access to open space, good good uh, education in schools. Um, it's, it's that stool, right, that has all the different legs mm -hmm. and components of what makes a great, commu a thriving community. Um, and when we have that, um, our realtors are successful right? because homes are being transacted. Right. right. Um, and we try to uh, maintain that balance. Um, we're not an environmental organization. We're not a, a, a crazy right wing, you know, do whatever you want with your property organization. Right. There's a balance there. Right. And um, when it comes to, to home ownership and private property rights, um, it's a real community effort because we have to work with our cities and towns. Uh, we have to work with all of the interested parties uh, to, to make sure that we have these kind of beautiful parks that you have here in Charleston right. and, and the open space that draws people in, that creates, that draws jobs. Because real estate is a, a lagging indicator of what's going on in the market. Okay. Um, and if we have uh, strong economic growth and all these other factors are are uh, moving in a positive direction, like we have. You know, I, I see out the window now. We've got our official <laughs> state bird, the crane, uh, building more buildings here. Uh, <laughs> there are, uh, for what it's worth, there's a lot of cranes right now in Charleston, yeah, which is a good sign. But they is. say well, once the cranes have arrived, you're too late if you're getting into the end, getting into building, right? And well, it depends. Uh, right now, we're at a. Um, if you look at the national statistics, 60-year low in new single-family permits. Mm -hmm. um, 
our, our home builders statistics show that South Carolina is about 200,000 units short of where we should be as far as housing. And that includes multifamily and, and single family as well. So we're not just looking at a housing shortage in, in South Carolina. We're on the verge of a real housing crisis. Yeah. And in areas like Charleston, um, I know that um, uh, Senator Kimson here locally and, and Representative Pendarvis have been uh, looking very closely at housing affordability issues. Yeah, it's a problem. Because yeah. what happens <clears throat> is you've got this rapid growth and the people that serve our communities, the teachers, the firemen, the policemen, right. they end up living in the town or the county next door right. because they can't afford to live close to where they work and serve. Right. And um, you've got you've got first-time home buyers that can't get it, even get into the market. No. No. And and with and with more and more uh, building focused on that mid-tier product, uh -huh. the the first-time homeowner um, is is locked out. Right. Um, and they and they they spend more time sa saving money for a deposit on a bigger house. Um, there are, you know, anecdotally, a lot of millennials that are that are stuck in their, you know, parents, you know, mm -hmm. basements mm -hmm. that are that are itching to get out into the marketplace. Um, and I think we're going to see the release of that pent up demand over the next five years yeah. as construction comes back online and uh, we see this continued growth. We, we've got a, the, the underlying factors are, are much stronger in, during this growth period than, than we saw during the, what I call the Wild West of the 2000s. And the underlying factors being? Well, the, you, know, way? you know, like really innovative things. You know, the banks are, you know, requiring you to have a job before you get a loan. And, um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but there, you know, we've, right. we've seen, um, uh, you know, under Dodd-Frank, all the, the lending restrictions that went into place and it, and it, and it, and it, and it asphyxiated it, it choked the market. Yep. Now we're starting to see that ease back to a more normal right. level. Uh, but not crazy level. But not crazy level. Normal. If yeah. you if you look at the 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 um, default rate on mortgages issued in the last five years, uh, it's at historic normals. It's it's, yeah. it's two one less than two percent, if I right. if I recall correctly. Right. Right. Um, any statistics I quote during this are purely uh, <laughs> they're all uh, made up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they need verification. Ver trust but verify. <laughs> So, um, so let's let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, sure. So, so you guys are lobbying at the at the state level. Um, you know, the National Association of Realtors, which is you know obviously you're you're you know a part of I guess you know with that relationship. There's a relationship there, right? Um, but is it is it kind of like the way from a from a comparing I guess to say government? You know, you got federal laws, you got state laws. Sometimes state laws trump federal laws and states have some sovereignty. I mean, is, is it that kind of relationship as well? Um, or is it symbiotic? I mean, is it, is it even a relationship at that level? It's, the entities are separate corporate entities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're standalone, their own, board, own, their own board of directors and, and all that kind of stuff. But we definitely work together as a realtor family to address these issues. And and it was really tested, for example, during the the congressional, you know, battle over tax reform. Yeah. Um, uh, different states uh, came out. Um, uh, uh, some came out on top of, of that, and I think South Carolina did. I did too. Um, other states like California and New York and New Jersey didn't didn't right. do so well. Right. Um, 
But it's not our fault that their legislature passed all these high taxes that they have to pay. Right. Um, and we've got a legislature that focuses on, you know, growing business and, and, and helping small business in our state grow. Um, so there, you know, so you've got a diverse organization, 1.3 million members almost today. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine, imagine trying to herd, you know, those butterflies um, <laughs> right. on an issue as, 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 as complex as tax reform. Right. Um, so, you know, what we do as an organization, um, and even in South Carolina, we have 22,000 realtors. Um, it's, it, it would be silly to think that we could get 100%, you know, a unanimous support on right. anything. Right, right, right. So right. what we try to do our best is to build consensus on issues. Our committees are made up of, um, uh, of realtors from across the state. We try to make sure that each area of the state is represented on all of our committees. Um, and sometimes that results in, in gridlock because... That's what I was going to say. How do you... Uh, <laughs> Can, you have to remain agnostic to sometimes. Right? Sometimes you got to sit on your hands on an issue because you know you got to follow your membership. We're a sure. member-driven organization, sure. Um, and the minute that we forget that, um, we become irrelevant. So where does where does something and you know we were talking about this earlier. Um, where does so so somebody like the Houston Association of Realtors that that has kind of pushed the boundaries, I think, of that and become very consumer-facing and, and mm-hmm. been very progressive and, and, you know, done some cool things in, in their own right, um, that that seems to be kind of getting out of the mold of, of at least what seems like your charter is. And so how do you feel about kind of putting out where they're putting out products and become a consumer-facing, you know, resource, lead generation, you know, real estate resource? like? Where's the difference between that that philosophy um, and and where your philosophy is? And not that either one's wrong or bad. Just kind of curious. No, I, I think what Houston is doing is has always been innovative. Bob Hale is one of the best in the industry. Uh, their executive director. There. Yeah. And a local association's mission, I think, is is different than what the state association does, and I think it's different than what the national association does. And um, as long as their focus isn't overlapping mm-hmm. you know our missions uh then then it works very very well and the local association is kind of where the it's, it's just like local government it's 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 the it's the point of contact where the individual realtor is going to have um the most it's going to be the most visible part of the organization right right, right. um and and there it's kind of where the rubber hits the road and uh, a local association that is that is doing that kind of uh, innovative uh, outreach and progressive thinking in their approach to the way they run their association. Um, you know, I can tell you that's that's not Bob Hale just deciding one day they were going to, to, to have the best local right. website. Right. He had a team of, of realtor leaders that had a, a, a vision right. uh, that took ownership of that association and, and worked with their staff to make it happen. Um, and that's what we need, I think, going forward as an industry. We need realtor leadership mm-hmm. uh, to take ownership of their local associations. Um, there are, you know, we talk a lot about pain points at the local and state level. You know, what are our members' pain points and how can we solve those pain mm-hmm. points? Uh, whether it's in a, a transactional pain point or, or a, uh, a maybe a legislative pain point or a licensing pain point. But to address those, um, and we need we need leaders that are going to take ownership of their associations, 
uh, and I've seen this ac across the country where where leaders uh, are elected to a position, they serve their term out, uh, they take a lot of nice pictures along the way, <laughs> and then they're gone. Yep. Um, and uh, and and we have, um, and what we're seeing is um, younger members, uh, millennials coming into the, the business and the industry, and they're challenging the status quo. They're asking, right. you know, why do why do we need to keep doing things the way we've been doing them? Right. Because um, we've got a lot of challenges out there. Um, uh, technology, a lot of the, you know. People like to call them disruptors yep. and things that are happening in the marketplace. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, I mean, you've got, as you said, disruptors, um, you know, and you've got a lot of the velocity at which technology is kind of integrating into our, or is, has been integrated into our daily lives has changed the, the modern consumer, right? And we're, we're, we, we expect more on-demand type of experiences the way Alexa has given us and Google and, and Siri and, you know, Uber and, and Amazon Prime, you know, it's changed the way we think. And, and you know, you've got people like the iBuyer kind of group, Open Door and Knock, and even what Zillow is doing now that, you know, that's kind of like walking that fine line of the consumer just wants to bypass the whole thing and just get the deal done, right? Mm -hmm. There's that element of people. That seems like something you guys would have to be very keenly aware of and watching. And, and does that mean that, that you need, you feel like you, you guys need to be promoting more, really making sure that the value of the realtor, the consumers actually understand what a realtor is and the difference between a real estate agent, you know, like where does that play into what, or at all into what you guys are doing? That's my wife's been. It's a good restaurant. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I think the, um, you know, the dilemma, you know, in, in, in the marketplace, um, there is, I, I put it kind of simply to to our members. I, uh, my my motto that I that I like to, to say is is don't complain, compete. Right. And right. our right. our, great. our uh, business, the real estate business, is a um, and I have to be careful how I say this. I guess uh, these days, but it is a uh, a, a, t a heavy touch business, mm -hmm. meaning that you <laughs> understood. <laughs> meaning. That you, you, it is a face-to-face, uh, person-to-person. At some point during that transaction, yeah, um, you can't, you can't, you can't smell a house online. Um, you can't uh, uh, get an appreciation of the amenities mm -hmm. uh, of a particular community online. Um, and so, all of these are simply tools mm -hmm. for realtors to use. They decide which ones to use or not use. Um, and I don't think that they should uh, uh, be afraid of our robot overlords. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they they should find ways to to incorporate them into their business. Yes. Um, and and certainly if if they're engaging in practices that are counter to license law, mm -hmm. counter to our mm -hmm. code of ethics. Then I definitely think that you know those those are times that we raise questions and right. and, and and file you know complaints. Right. But there are um, there are too many uh, uh, you know the eight hundred pound gorilla I guess is Zillow and sure. and, and their uh, and their various uh, iterations. Um, and what we're seeing are you know consumers reacting to these different business models. Mm -hmm. um, some are more popular than others. Right. Um, and 
if we believe in the power of the free market, which I do, yep. then the marketplace is going to decide yep. whether these are good or bad or indifferent. And so our, our realtors face the challenge of um, how to incorporate these technologies into their business um, and, and maintain their, uh, uh, I guess, their central role in the transaction. Right. Um, and and it, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's, it's kind of, I guess I've been looking at it like there's going to be a certain piece of the population that will go ahead and take that instead of 6%, the 8% just to get it done and don't necessarily want to work with a realtor regardless. But there's like always that percent of the population that is going to do things in a bit disruptive way or and willing to pay for certain things that that are, you know, pay for convenience, if you will. Um, well, even even in that model, when, when, the, when the company, you know, purchases the home directly from the buyer, they're going to use an agent to, to, to list and sell it. Right. Um, and so if that does become a pervasive model, how does a realtor take advantage of that opportunity right. Right. Uh, to become the listing agent in those transactions? Right. So don't complain, compete. Find a way to, <laughs> find a way to incorporate these yeah. models into your business. Yeah. And, and Charleston is going to be an entirely different market than Aiken or mm-hmm. Walterboro or Spartanburg. Right. Right. Um, and so you, you've got to know your market. Yep. Um, but the, the one thing that I keep hearing at every conference I go to um, is this concept of uh, being a, a high-touch business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, customer service in this day and age is, is a lost art. Yep, and, I agree. And I, and I believe those, those co- the companies that, that do uh, uh, succeed and flourish are the ones that are going to be focused on making that customer service experience absolute, uh, the absolute best it can be. Right. Um, Regardless of what industry you're in. I was, I was at a, at a coffee shop, uh, not too long ago and, and they had a, a little poster set up on beside the, your, your pickup stand. Um, and it said, we guarantee that, that your cup of coffee is going to be, uh, 100% to your satisfaction. That it's going to act, No, actually they said, we guarantee that your cup of coffee is going to be perfect. Mm. Perfect. Now that's a statement. That's <laughs> a right? statement, right? So what if every realtor said, "I'm going to strive to make every transaction experience perfect for my client," mm-hmm. um, and I know that's that's where they they all start. Yeah. Um, and they don't all finish there. No. And so, and and we see it every day uh, when you attend a real estate commission hearing and see the folks that are dealing with complaints that have been filed. Um, but customer service, to me. In this industry is what is going to be, uh, is what's going to separate the winners and losers, regardless of the technology that's in place. So how do you feel, um, you know, this is a probably a touchy issue, but I mean, feel about the, the idea around, you know, potentially the need for the overall um, volume or amount of realtors, real estate professionals to contract a bit and that we've got, you know, people that only do one or two deals a year, you know, that can they, can they provide the level of service that, you know, these, you know, the larger teams and and the business, the brokers and teams that have really fully operationalized real estate. That's been a bit of a break from the traditional, you know, 1099 entrepreneurial minded, just single agent that has their sphere. And, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? The, the kind of, you've got this like widening gap between 
the real estate business, the people that are really owning it and treating it like a business, and the kind of traditional realtor? I, I think the uh, membership uh, cycles with the market. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just before the the crash in, in the late 2000s, South Carolina had almost 23,000 realtors. Oh, really? 22.9 was what we peaked at. Um, within a couple of years, the membership dropped to 12,500. Wow. Okay. Um, and now we've grown now back, back up, back up to 22 almost. And so, um, from a, uh, uh, a yeah, membership is another one of those lagging indicators of the economy. Um, uh, sometimes uh, real estate agents can be their their own worst enemies because um, they they'll in their advertisements they'll talk about you know their their closed transactions the volume they did mm -hmm. the previous year and everybody thinks you can get a real estate license and make you know a million dollars overnight <laughs> and, right. and and that's just not the case <clears throat> right um, and so people flock right now I believe the real estate commission is issuing almost 500 new licenses a month really um, and there's no inventory <laughs> and no inventory um, and they're flocking to the coastal areas where yep. there's the growth in the upstate yep so that's where we're seeing the bulk of the membership growth. But it, it is, um, you know, if you talk to realtors on the street, um, the biggest complaint that, that you'll hear, and I've been hearing this for a long, long time, is that too many agents uh, get thrown out in the street with mm -hmm. no training, no supervision, no, right. no mentoring from their broker. Right. Um, and our laws in South Carolina make it pretty easy to get a license. Yep. And make it pretty easy to keep a license. Um, so ultimately, you've got to look at the broker that's hiring. So I was going to ask, and, who, and, whose responsibility is that? Under the under the law, the broker is responsible. Yep. Um, and and so what? How do we improve professionalism in the industry? Yeah. Um, and you know, oftentimes we simply look at whether or not you know our licensing licensing laws are are up to par. Um, but there is some talk that. Um, Maybe you know. Maybe we need to make realtor, the, the realtor brands stand out, right? Um, so and, and add some criteria for be, being a realtor member. Right, right. So the, the old raise the bar right. mantra that's been going on for ten years or so. So so at that level though, right? So the national the NAR is is kind of responsible for helping raise that bar and also disseminating the the branding of what realtor is and what right. they mean and they spend how much per year on the, on the consumer facing marketing it's uh, $35 a member so 35 almost, plus million yeah, almost 40 million a year going to that specific cause right and so do you feel that that's an effective use of those dollars I mean I know a lot of people <laughs> it's a polarizing issue Right. Yeah, I mean, if you you know if you read what the Houston realtor said in, in response to NAR's uh, uh, budget yep. uh, changes, you know they they feel that the thirty five dollars could be better spent for for advocacy. Yeah. Um, and it, it depends on on the 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 metric. You know, in my mind, if if you've got an ad campaign and you've got measurable outcomes that you're trying to reach, right. Um, then and and you can quantify all that, and then you can determine whether your money's being spent wisely. Right. Um, there, uh, the ads. Uh, some of the ads in the past seem to have been tailored more for um, 
uh, our members than, mm-hmm. than it has been for the public. Right. Um, and when you compare recent ads, um, I think there is some discussion uh, across the country as to the effectiveness of those ads and whether or not we need to change you know, horses, so to speak, with ad companies mm-hmm. or whether or not uh, uh, we need to go in a different direction. For now, NAR is, is maintaining the, the $35 in their yep. current dues proposal. Um, and their board of directors, you know, there's, there's almost 900 realtors on the NAR board right. of directors. Um, right. And they'll be making that decision in May. But yeah. one, of the, one of the cool things that I know NAR is engaged in, you know, we had this whole logo gate, you know, <laughs> issue, you know, the last couple of weeks. And, and they, right. what, for those of you who are not aware, LogoGate was <laughs> National Association of Realtors spent like $250,000 to get a new logo and broke the internet basically when they announced it. So, well, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, with all due, um, uh, in all fairness to NAR, the, the money they spent was not just to create a logo. Right. You know, they did a series of focus groups, yeah. meetings, they, yeah, you know, yeah. this thing that goes in, you know, what goes into that. Sure. Kind of sure. Um, and when you look at all that, two hundred fifty thousand for a company the size of NER is, 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 relatively speaking, not a lot of money. Right, it's it's on par on rebranding. Right. Absolutely. But the order, the the timing of, <laughs> of all of this was really really bad. Right. And um, and uh, and and one of the NER leaders actually was on a stage that I at a meeting I attended recently where they. They said, well, we figured out how to engage our members. Just, just roll out a new logo design, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek. Right, right, right. And, and, and imagine, though, if, if NER had, had, had flipped that process and, and instead of rolling out the logo first, had rolled out the, uh, you know, the, the redefining of the brand, the, yeah. the direction, uh, releasing the results of some of these focus groups. Yes. And, and, and interviews that they had done and build up to, and oh, by the way, right. here's, here's the new logo. Right, right. Um, and here's why. Exactly. Right. It's you know, what representative of, of something. You, you have the why, you have the value. Sure. Um, and and I, I have to give a lot of credit to our national president, Elizabeth Mendenhall, and, and Bob Goldberg, the new CEO. Yep. Um, you know, they, they reeled it back in. They, they, they got the complaints and they said, you yep. know what, we're gonna put this on hold. Yep. The, the old NAR would have said, "To hell with, <laughs> to hell with the Facebook comments." <clears throat> right. We're moving forward. Right. Um, right. And instead, they they've listened, and uh, and I do believe that we're seeing uh, a new style of leadership in NAR. Which I do is, too. Which is really positive. Um, can a you know 900 member board organization you know uh, become more responsive and react right. and proactive? Right. Right. Um, I think they can. One of I know uh, later this summer um, there's going to be a, a, a new, another work group assigned that looks at the governance of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's all positive. It's all positive. And I assume you forward. participate in, in some of these boards and committees and whatnot at the national level. I attend all of the board meetings um, and I volunteer to serve on on committees uh, mm-hmm. as well. As a, as staff, I'm allowed to serve in in. in some limited capacities, uh-huh. um, and we certainly encourage our members to participate. We have 14 uh, national directors from South Carolina, okay, and uh, so they have a direct vote, vote and voice on the board, right? Um, right, and uh, it it is a uh, kind of an old-fashioned structure, yeah. Uh, but 
the leadership team is uh, is moving forward with I think at least to study that structure and to see how we could be you know more efficient more efficient yeah, more we'll, agile we'll, you know we'll never be a um, a coca-cola or a, or a, you know a, 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 a for-profit company that has you know a 10 member board or something like that right um, we're a member driven organization and that member input whether we like it or not sometimes <laughs> that member input is what drives what drives right, us right? right and if we're if we get out ahead of the membership we find ourselves all alone on the deck of the ship right right, right. and so i have a sticker a bumper sticker that a friend of mine bob harris gave me and it says you know member driven uh member led um uh, that i keep on the door of my office and remind my staff too that you know as uh, we um we don't exist without the that's support true. of our membership. That's true. Um, and while we get our paychecks every two weeks, yeah, <laughs> they wake up every day unemployed and yep. trying to get to the next closing. And I can agree that with that. And even a company like Boomtown, we don't exist either. So we all are in in service to uh, to those members. And, and I agree. So I mean, but that that being said, um, you know, we kind of touched on it. I'm just curious, kind of from a consumer perception, you know. You and I both know that most people. You ask them what's the difference between a real estate agent and a realtor. They're not gonna. They're not gonna know. Right. Um, they're gonna just. They just call everybody a realtor, and we know that's not the case. You know. Do you feel like there's a, a? Is that? Is that something that really needs to be addressed to to raise consumer awareness at the local, at the state, at the national level? Who's responsible for that? Does that help? We know there's under the, the scene, behind the scenes lobbying going on. Like, is that something that needs to be promoted more than the value of, say, say like the perceived value of the realtor, or you know that your your value is is promoting the, all the things that maybe you don't see happening. But when it comes yeah. to taxes, when it comes to you're fighting for consumer rights, you know, and and property rights and things. Like, where do you think that? You guys, from an, from putting your energy perspective, um, for for you specifically at the South Carolina level, you know where does that fall into play? More of a consumer kind of kind of play, or I, it, I think I know what you're saying. I, I think our focus needs to be on realtor awareness, okay. uh, as opposed to consumer awareness at this point. Um, so making uh, realtors aware of the great things that you guys are doing that benefit consumers. Think about this. There, there are 40,000 licensees in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. More than half of them have come on board mm-hmm. and got their license after the recession. Right. More than half. Um, so there's a pretty good bet, pretty good uh, 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 uh that there, there is uh, very little um, historical knowledge, institutional knowledge mm. of what being a realtor is, or the realtor organization, or just real estate in general. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and so we, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, our biggest challenge is communicating with our members. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our weakest link. And just imagine um, having. 22,000 engaged realtors um, if we were addressing um, there's there's a there's legislation that was suggested this year that would have imposed a sales tax on real estate commissions a service tax mm-hmm. and uh, we understand that it will be introduced in January next year all right um, that 
that's the kind of issue that can engage all 22,000 of our members, right? Right. Because <laughs> it, it impacts every single one. Right. Um, right where it hurts. Exactly. <laughs> in, in the their, wallet. In their pocket. <laughs> right. and, and don't get hung up on, you know, the statistics. There are a lot of members that don't do a lot of business. Yep. Um, yep. But there are also a lot of members who are managers, brokers, that, are, that don't participate in the yeah. transaction. And, they, and, and their numbers get lumped into all that. Right. Um, right. But if you look at typical MLS statistics, there's, a, there's always a large percentage of members that are on the lower end of the transactional side. Um, so our job is to identify these key issues that are taking place. You know, a, a service tax would be a, a, just a deal killer for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and communicate that to our members in a way that gets them engaged, gets right. them motivated, you know, click, send an email, pick yeah, up the phone, yeah, make yeah. a call. Right, um, right, right. Which is why we're so heavily involved in, in the in the in the politics of our state. Got it. Because that's our bread and butter. Right. So let me ask you this then. Um, you know, some of the things uh, we were talking about. Our friend Rob Hahn, who always has something to say about everything, <laughs> um, who recently moved to South Carolina. Um, you know, he he and I have talked at length about this over the last year or so around the idea of of the W two real estate professional you know, like a, like the Redfin model. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that model? And it's kind of like kind of taking hold a little bit and, you know, from like, does that affect the general realtor perception of the realtor, the job that they do if they move into more of a standard job kind of umbrella? I don't know. Um, you know, I've heard Rob talk about it and, um, I think, um, you know, he hasn't picked up a, a good South Carolina accent yet, so I'm not <laughs> sure we're gonna. gonna happen. <laughs> I'm not sure we're gonna grant him citizenship until he does. He needs to throw a y'all in every once in a while, and okay. we might we might make that happen. Um, but the, this concept of a partnership uh, or like like a LLP type arrangement yes. within it with yes. you know, I'm I'm a lawyer and and I understand um, the partnership arrangement, uh, how doctor's offices are set up in mm-hmm. a very similar way, mm-hmm. um, to, to under, because of the way most states licensing laws are set up, yep. um, that type of arrangement would, would require legislative changes to be allowed. Uh-huh. Um, and, and frankly, personally, this is not an opinion of the association, but my personal opinions, as I've said before, you know, we support free market uh, enterprises, and if somebody comes up with a better mousetrap, then they ought to be able to sell that better mousetrap. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as it's not a forced choice. Right. Right. Um, and so, I think I think we'll see. You know, we've seen uh, uh, new business models come in the marketplace. Yep. We will continue to see them. Uh, I encourage them. Uh, it shows the vitality, the interest, the money that's involved in our industry. Um, everybody wants a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's local government or state government too with taxation right. and, and fees. Right. Um, but um, we're often seen as, as a cash cow and, and, and everybody wants to find a way to profit <laughs> off of it. Right? Everybody goes where the money is. That's right. Yeah. So if, you've, if you can build a better, better mousetrap, then why shouldn't the marketplace allow you the opportunity yes. to figure right. out if, that, if it'll actually and, sell? And like you said earlier, the marketplace is going to define what the market wants yeah. and and depending on the market you're in and depending on the community that you're in 
a partnership model uh, could go gangbusters. I could see mm -hmm. it working very well in mm -hmm. some hot metro areas. Absolutely. Um, you know, in, in rural South Carolina, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it is subjective, huh? It, uh, it it depends, you know, on the freedom you want. It depends on the benefits you want, and um, it could be attractive um, uh, to to a, 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 a group of of licensees out there. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm all for and, innovation and, and open markets. And 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 you guys, I guess, have to be aware. Keep your finger <clears throat> on the pulse of all of this. You know, because your constituents are are participating in, in all of these models, right? My my job, I see one of my primary duties is making sure that our members are able to wake up in the morning, meet with their clients, close on a real estate transaction, and go to bed at night without ever thinking about how did the association screw up my business today? <laughs> what about thinking about how they helped me, or do you just want them not to think about it at all? I, I would, I would prefer that they they find something positive to say about us, but the association should not be uh, a pain point for our members. Right, but it, it seems though. I mean, it seems though it always is though. It seems that you hear people always complaining about the association at every level. Right. Of so course. is that still just a, you think it's on, on you or on, on the associations from an education perspective um, of, because of, we know, you and I both know, you are providing a lot of value and you think it's just not being evangelized properly. There, that's part of it. I think the, um, the partnership that we have with our local associations, especially in South Carolina, I work with uh, my colleagues that, that serve at the local level, Will Riley, who's here in Charleston. Mm -hmm. Um, is one of the best in the country. And the team that we have here um, is different than, than what happened. In other states, you've got locals and states fighting with each other and, and throwing each other under the bus mm -hmm. or throwing NER under the bus. We have a really good team here where we communicate, um, uh, where we have differences, we solve them, we find solutions to problems. Um, I'm, I'm really glad for the collaborative effort that we have here. We have. We have a good group that really cares about what happens in their local market. The, um, you know, we need to uh, continue to encourage the next generation of, of realtors to participate at, mm -hmm. at the association level. What, you know, the statistics, you know, the average realtor is, a, is, is what, a 52-year-old female. Right. And yet you, you don't have a lot of females in leadership within the industry. And diversity is diversity is, is very important. Um, we have a uh, a lack of diversity in leadership, yep. and and it's something that that um, not only are we very conscious of, but I think it's important as we recruit uh, future leaders to yep. come in. We've had some real diversity success stories uh -huh. um, uh, across the state, and um, and to see the engagement um, that that we get. Uh, in response to those uh, events are just amazing. So we, we're a better organization uh, for it, and, and we've got to continue to, to make that push. Yeah, that's great. So let's, let me ask you this. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Obviously, we are a technology company at Boomtown. You know, I'm obviously a big proponent of technology in, in, in the sense of not fighting the tide like technology is is weaving its way deeper sure. and deeper into our just general life we our expectations of technology 
are you guys advocating or is it something you even, you know, obviously you're cognizant of it, but from, are you guys prom promoting technology or, you know, like I even know that NAR is getting a bit of flack for increasing dues for, I guess, they want to roll out new zip forms or some sort of paperless technology or something, right? right? You know, is that something you guys are put your hands in as well or, you know, more of a, is there even an educational piece there? Like, where do you stand in the technology mix? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of known as the the the, a, the geek AE around the country, and okay, and I lead by example. We incorporate a lot of the technologies into our own office. Mm -hmm. um, just simple things that you know, we were we were one of the first 200 companies in the country to to switch completely to Google Apps, and uh -huh. um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dialpad, but we have a virtual phone system. Yep. And, and so, it, over the years, I've incorporated a lot of things into our business. Um, it reduces costs and, and staff and, and, and all those things. Sometimes it, it's a spectacular failure and, and we have to rethink it and start mm -hmm. over. Um, but what I tell our, our members um, is not to get hung up on the, you know, the latest shiny thing. Yep, as um, always. Do your homework, do your research, get uh, reviews, you know, advice from other realtors that have yep. used the product, and then take one or two things and slowly incorporate them into your business. Um, and it's better to use three things at ninety yep. percent than ten things at, at five percent, right? <laughs> right. And, and, right. And so, technology to me is the reason I can operate my team. I've got a team of twelve mm -hmm. at, at the association office. Uh, most associations our size have have almost double the staff. Really, um, and and technology allows us to do more with less. Right, and and our our members can close more transactions with technology. Whether it's something simple like a document uh, transaction platform like Zipforms, which mm -hmm. we which we provide to our members, um, or uh, using services like from your company, right. uh, it's all about being, you know. It's trying to be in two places at once. Yeah. And that's what technology allows you to do. Right. And so you guys do offer education or guidance at least when people have technology questions or it's not just about, like you guys cover that as well from an educational standpoint. We have, we have a uh, technology hotline um, oh. that's offered through the Florida Association of Realtors. Okay. Um, How does that work? They Any member that's got a, uh, a, an issue with their phone, tablet, or computer... Uh, dials into the tech helpline. They can remote connect to your computer, mm. deal with virus issues, whether you're transferring contacts from one phone to another. Uh, who knows what the issues are? Um, but it's one of the highest satisfaction uh, rated services. That really? We have. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, any parting words for, uh, for our audience today? No, thank you guys. I appreciate the time. Um, it's important that um, when you're involved in a real estate transaction, um, that you use your local community expert. That's going to be your local realtor. Uh, they're going to know your market better than any anyone else. Um, you know, national real estate predictions are, are, are about as good as a national weather forecast. Um, you've got to look at what's happening in your own market because even in, even in, you know, your city, you can have different sub-markets in there. So, Make sure you're working with a realtor. Uh, they're going to be your local expert. Excellent. Well, thank you again. Everybody, we'll see you soon on the next episode of Driven. Driven.